Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com RLRC and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas. No desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Yeah, the rights remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have rights an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will point one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You run 
this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And um, I'm going to do a couple of updates today on some things that I missed. And thanks to Mama Karen Overtolano uh, for sending me some stuff and Leah Marie and uh, Alex uh, Petrie. So when I told you the story about Still Alive, the uh, I missed the prequel to it, y'all. I didn't miss it. I actually had seen it, but I just didn't know all the um, the details on it. So, but this is important. Now, remember James Dunn? He executed the the um, two victims in the bank in Assumption Parish. Well, you know what? That wasn't his first rodeo, and. It's crazy. So let's go back to before they committed the bank robbery, and we go to Edgar, Louisiana. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to call this prequel, y'all, this episode. Um, so there was Lieutenant Sherman Walker, who was the chief of detectives in the St. John the Baptist Parish. Y'all remember we have parishes, not counties. And to be chief of detectives is that's the number two spot in the sheriff's office. Okay, so you're you are running everything from uniform patrol to the jail to you know handling whatever the sheriff needs handled. I mean, you're the top law enforcement officer in the agency besides the sheriff. And I'm just going to touch on a little bit of this for the for you because it involves Dunn, who's still breathing, still alive. All right, so Walker, who was the parish's first black chief of detectives, was shot to death as he stepped out aside his mobile home on the night of November the 6th. Now, the there were three men that were charged in the slaying of it, right? And one was a Wilford Greenup, Green Up. And he was 18 years old, and he was charged. Uh, he he changed his plea to guilty Monday, just before their jury trial selection was to begin for the murder of Lieutenant Sherman Walker. He pleaded guilty to the less charge of attempted first degree murder because first degree murder, y'all, you kill a cop, you get in a death penalty, right? The two other men accused in the crime, James Dunn, who's our shit bag from still alive who who executed the um, two victims in the bank in Assumption Parish. James Dunn and, and another guy, another dirtbag, Willie Rogers Jr., pled guilty and were sentenced earlier in the killing. Dunn received 21 years for the attempted murder 
and Roger, who's who actually evidently was the one who shot and killed Lieutenant Walker, was given 99 years for first-degree murder. Well, you know, they executed this law enforcement professional, career law enforcement professional. I don't get it, why, how you can kill a cop and not get the death penalty. But Greenup, in a taped confession played at the June hearing, said the idea for the slaying came from Rogers who had been arrested by Walker five times in the past and had served prison time for his crimes. He said, let's go burn Sherman. And we've done the men lay in wait outside of Walker's home until he left for work. Now that's he's, he's going to the sheriff's office to protect and serve and comes out of his house. And guess what? All three of these dirtbags had shotguns. And the as Walker walked outside of his home, um, all three of them jumped up and fired shotguns. Um, but Greenup, in, in his confession, he said, oh, I, I intentionally missed him. I didn't want to kill him, right? So... Uh, he said, I, yeah, I, I deliberately missed him. Well, ballistic tests showed that Walker was killed by a blast from a 12-gauge shotgun, the, the type that was carried by Rogers. The other two men, including our hero, or shitbag Dunn, um, carried four 10-shotguns, and the slugs were found embedded in Walker's car, very near his body. That's what Sheriff Lloyd Johnson said at the time. John, uh Sheriff Johnson said the decision to, by District Judge Thomas Malik to allow Greenup's confession as evidence at the trial influenced the decision by all three men to plead guilty. We had take confessions by two of them, James Dunn and Wilford Greenup, both, he said. I think these take confessions were the most important part of the plea bargaining process. They tried to say things about the confession that the tape recordings proved they were lying, he said. But the sheriff's office detective investigators brought forth and the state police that were helping with the case proved beyond a reasonable doubt that the confession above uh, uh, was above board and was legally obtained. Let me read you a little bit more about this. So Mama Karen likes to keep me in check. And, of course, she's from down there. And she, you know, she, it, it. Knows everybody, et cetera. But she said, you missed a big part of the story. Oh, my God, I am going to sit in the studio when you record from now on. And she goes on to say, Sherman Walker was the first black chief of the Texas St. John the Baptist Parish. Um, and that, that Sherman had arrested William Rogers several, several times. And on November the 6th, 1984, Willie was with James Dunn and Wilford Buford Green up, and that, that's like I told you, he's the one that said, let's go burn Sherman. So the three men hid near Sherman's house. Sherman had to bring his unmarked unit in for repairs and left his home to go turn in the unit. Yeah, that happens all the time. That One of the biggest things you do as a cop is maintain your unit, right, because that's your office. But as Sherman was uh, – the chief of detectives, the first black chief of, chief of detectives, was getting his car. Shots were fired. Sherman fell, and his wife 
came running out and found him, and she called the sheriff's office. By the time they arrived, the three men were gone. And it, at first, no one thought anyone would want to kill Sherman. And y'all, and as it, any cop gets shot, everybody's coming out of the woodworks. All every agency, state police, all the local cops, everybody's coming to assist their brother who's been murdered. Right. Um, so that, but they didn't have anything. And time marched on, right? But then, you know, they did the crime scene, Louisiana State Police uh, Crime Lab did, and they found the slugs, and and they did the autopsy and found out that, that Sherman was actually killed by the 12-gauge, like I told you. Um, but it goes on, and very, very unusual that it would take two months for them to bring someone in, in for justice on murdering of a cop. They didn't have anything until two months later, while in custody, uh, someone started talking. And what basically happened, the streets talked, and this person got his ass in a crack. And he was like, mm, you know what? The I can help you uh, um, in the Sherman case. I can give you the information on you know, who you need to look at. So they told the police that Rogers and, and our hero shitbag, hero shitbag Dunn in Greenup had killed Sherman. Um, and so they bring him in for question. And Greenup, like, he knows he's looking at a death penalty. And, again, he confessed. We said he didn't, he didn't fire at Sherman. He fired at the car. But that's when, and I told y'all that forensics revealed that um, Sherman was killed by the 12-gauge shotgun, and the 410 slugs were in the car, right? So, anyway. And James Dunn only got 21 years, y'all. 21 years for killing of a cop. You know, even though... Maybe his 410 slug didn't kill Sherman, and, and maybe it did hit the car. It doesn't matter. You went there armed with three shotguns, and you laid in wait for this career law enforcement professional to come outside his home and get his car, and you shoot him. Even if you aimed away on purpose, you're just as fucking guilty, right? Murdering of the cop. Okay, and the James Dunn. This it, I'm, I'm mainly focused on him. James Dunn got the 21 year sentence. He got the the deal of a lifetime. Right? Guess what happened, y'all? How many years do you think he did of that 21 years for killing his participation in killing Lieutenant Sherman? He got. He got the 21 years, and he got out in 10 and a half years. He was released in 1995 on parole. Figure it out. Louisiana, you get good time. You know, uh, for every day you serve that you don't get a write-up, I'm talking about inside of the prison, every day you, you act good and don't break a rule, the state gives you one day credit 
towards your release and for when you can be paroled. He did 10 and a half years, and when he got out in 1995, that, that led to him killing, executing the two ladies in the, in, in the bank. That's just messed up. How do you how do you kill a cop or participate in killing a cop, and then you, you get you get out and you kill uh, Miss Jackie Blanchard and Miss Lisa Dupuy? If he'd have been locked up in a prison, he'd have never he'd have never for well if it, they should have got the death penalty for killing a cop. Period and. It's just stupid. And, and anyway, I want to tell you all about that part. My heart goes out just like it does for the victims and, and that were executed in the bank. My heart goes out to Lieutenant Sherman, um, first black chief deputy for St. John the Baptist Parish, who was executed. And I apologize uh, for not mentioning that. It, it's definitely worth mentioning. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Dunn real quick. And because I missed this too, Mama Karen. The, uh, so I told y'all when he did the execution of the two ladies in the bank, and, and, and then they were in that green Pontiac, and they hauled ass through the uh, roadblock when the deputy stopped them, and – Dunn was driving, and guess what? He pulls out in front of the train, and they he gets smashed, right? And then they ran, and the um the I think it was Kendall Bro who was injured and couldn't couldn't run, but but Dunn and them ran for two miles, and were called in the Sugarcane Fields, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess what happens? As it, I'm, I'm gonna read you this article, um. It's from Thibodeau, the Thibodeau newspaper, and y'all Thibodeau is down south. And it says, Convicted murderer Kendall Bro is serving two life sentences for brutal double homicide. But that isn't stopping him from heading to court again. This time, Bro is suing one of his accomplices for crashing their getaway rental car into a slow-moving train as they fled from a June 4th, 1998 bank robbery. So it's just three years after Dunn's on parole, y'all. Um, two tailors were shot to death. A hearing on the case is scheduled for Monday in Gonzales, and that's just in Ascension Parish, y'all. Bro, James Dunn, and Anthony Scott, all of Garyville, drove away from the robbery at the Napoleonville branch of the Iberville Bank with Dunn driving. Dunn crashed the car into the train at the railroad crossing of Louisiana Highway 70 on the west bank of Ascension Parish, pinning Bro in the car. Well, you play with shit long enough, you get on your hands sooner or later. You dumbass riding in the back, you dumbass letting Dunn drive. But... So police arrested Bro at the scene, like I told y'all. And they captured Dunn and Scott in a, in a nearby sugarcane field. Now, Bro 
Hart's lawsuit didn't specify how much money he was seeking. Also named as defendants in the lawsuit was the rental car agency, PV Holding Company, and its insurer, and Pathfinder Insurance Company. And Thomas Young, the rental company's lawyer, said his client shouldn't be forced to pay, pay bro any damages. And that's just crazy, and it shows you how prisoners or convicts have nothing else to do, y'all. Yeah, it's just Crazy, crazy, crazy. He's now this asshole who just took part in the executions in the bank and they're running and Dunn's driving and he breaks into the train. So now this guy is trying to get some money and he's got three life sentences, right? Or however long, two life sentences. And he's he's actually suing Dunn uh, for getting him in the vehicle crash and he's suing the rental car company. Makes sense. No, I believe that, you know, these lawsuits should not be allowed to gain any traction and these assholes shouldn't have the the right to do it. Let's go back to uh, the execution of Lieutenant Sherman Walker, right? So I got a little bit more to read you on that. So this is an article. It says, St. John Detective Shot to Death. And this is Garyville, y'all, not far from, oh, that's where Dunn and them were from. It says, a high-ranking officer in the St. John the Baptist Parish Sheriff's Office was shot and killed during an ambush attack in front of his home in Garyville, authorities said Wednesday. Lieutenant Sherman Walker, 33, the director of the detective division, was shot in the back because they're fucking cowards, as he was getting to his unmarked sheriff's unit in the front of his trailer home on Little Emily Street. The assailant or assailants apparently had been hiding in some bushes across the street from Walker's home when the shooting occurred around 8.45 p.m. Tuesday. Sheriff spokesman Judy Guillory said, no arrests had been made Wednesday, and authorities did not have a motive for the shooting. As many as 50 law enforcement officers from the Sheriff's Office, State Police, and Louisiana Sheriff's Association's task force converged on Little Emily Street at daybreak Wednesday to question neighbors and search for clues. And a 12-gauge shotgun shell and some footprints were found in a wooded area across the street from Walker's home. But detectives had not recovered a weapon and were continuing the search for evidence Wednesday. Detectives cordoned off the street in front of Walker's peach-colored trailer where they marked in orange the path that Walker took after he was shot. Walker, who was holding a gun in one hand and a two-way radio in the other, was near the door of a sheriff's unit when the first shot was fired. That's uh, investigator Edward Rome said. A trail of bloodstains leading from the car to the front yard of Walker's home indicated that Walker tried to make it back to the trailer to contact the sheriff's office, Rome said. But Walker dropped about 15 feet from the front door where he was found minutes later by his wife. Walker was shot as he was preparing to go to the sheriff's office to exchange his patrol car which needed to be repaired, Rome said. He was carrying a gun, but, but 
apparently was unaware that anybody was hiding out across the street. He was ambushed, Rome said. I think the person just sat in the wooded area here and waited for him to leave his trailer. As far as any of his co-workers are concerned, this was the first sign that his life was in any kind of danger. Rome said he knew of no death threats that Walker may have received. He said he's not ruling out the possibility that Walker might have been killed by someone he had arrested, but said it is unlikely. So I gave that story to y'all in reverse. We actually know um, for a fact that they shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro Pro? It's faster, bro. Oh. All right. Astro Pro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro Pro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally. Designed for long-term retention. Speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Sayonara. It, it basically was a retaliation killing. Um, it's crazy. Anyway, a little bit more because I, I I love to give the human face to the victims. It's a little bit more about uh, Detective Lieutenant Sherman Ray Walker of the St. John the Baptist Sheriff's Office, Louisiana. End of watch. Tuesday, November 6, 1984. Y'all, in the watch means that it's the last time when you take that last breath, uh, you're no longer protecting and serving, and I'm sure he went to heaven. But let me read it to you a little, little bit more. Sherman Ray Walker, that was his real name. Lieutenant Sherman Walker was shot and killed from an ambush in front of his home as he entered his unmarked patrol car. The suspects opened fire with shotguns, fatally wounding him. Lieutenant Walker had served with the agency for eight years. He's survived by his wife and three children. And y'all, prayers out to them and everybody else who loved him. I know this is, what, 84, 84, 2004, 14, 24, 40 years ago, y'all. So, Lieutenant Sherman Ray Walker uh, was 32 years old, and he had been in service or on duty for eight years. And his his badge number was PD-11. And it says, incident details, calls, gunfire, um, weapon, shotgun, and at this time, offender not available. So, anyway... Um, even y'all, he had grand. Well, after the death, when this was written, what his granddaughter did this on November 6, 2020, the anniversary of, of his execution or his murder date. It says, R period, I period, H, grandpa, wish I got the chance to meet you. And that's by Corey Yana, his granddaughter. And it just goes to show you that these are real people and and these idiots are still alive. Um I just don't get it. The the uh, and then y'all have a photograph of um uh, Lieutenant Sherman when he it's of his graduation from the post academy, the same academy I went to at LSU. It says, graduates of the six-week LSU law enforcement course. Now, ours was like, I don't know, 15. Um, and two of the officers from the St. John the Baptist Sheriff's Office from the left, Lieutenant Roy Nicholson and Deputy Sherman Walker. And I'm, I'm going to get this posted for you. Um, just young guys, you know, and, and wanted to protect and serve. Um, another little quick update. Anthony Scott, who, who took part of it, he's still in Angola. 
Kendall Bro, the asshole who actually sued James Dunn and the real car company. He is at Hunt's uh, Correctional. Y'all, that's where everybody that gets sentenced to the Department of Corrections in the state of Louisiana, they have to go there first to get classified, and then they get shipped out to Angola or whatever. But some of them do their time there, and that's where Kendall Bro is. And, of course, we know that Dunn is at Bloody and Angola. So thank you, Mama Karen, for sending that in. And y'all, I got one more update. Remember, this is crazy AF. Uh, Leah Marie sent me this on the Daniel Blank, and he killed all those people in uh, in the River Parishes, right? So check this out. This just came out yesterday, the different crime scenes and everything and how they tied it back into it. And what they really got him on was the confession, Daniel Blank, for the murders. I want to read you this because I'm going to be a little update episode. Just take a second. So this comes out, I'm going to say yesterday, y'all, this came out on January 31st. Today's February 1st when I'm recording this. And it's it's by WAFB News Channel in Baton Rouge. It says, Louisiana State Police have now completed their analysis of previously untested fingerprints left at multiple crime scenes in the decades-old case of River Parish's serial killer Daniel Blank. However, it is too soon to know if the newly conducted fingerprint review will point to anyone else being the possible killer. Blank, who was convicted in the death of one person, is also accused of the murders of five others and attempted murders of two more. And you go back and listen to the episode, y'all. So it goes on. In the 1990s, prosecutors based their case against Blank primarily on a videotaped confession because they were unable to produce any forensic evidence tying him to any of the crime scenes. His lawyers argue the confession came only after a 12-hour police interrogation without an attorney present. Blank has since recanted his confession and says he is innocent. His defense attorney, Letty DiGilio, told the Advocate newspaper last year that she is hopeful the unknown prints and other DNA evidence left at the crime scenes belongs to someone already known to law enforcement. Now, y'all... And when they did this case, DNA wasn't even active. But it goes up, it goes on to say, the only evidence connecting Mr. Blank to all the crimes was his confession, such that a successful challenge to one case undermines the validity of all the cases, as DeGilio told the newspaper. And in 2021, U.S. District Judge Brian Jackson ordered the review of 29 potentially exculpatory prints from the case. Exculpatory evidence is any evidence that show a defendant's evidence, uh, innocence. However, that court-ordered fingerprint review was delayed because of the death of a print expert hired by the defense. After that occurred, Louisiana State Police Crime Lab, best people in the world, y'all, worked with them all the time, was assigned to review the prints with an expert for the defense observing the process. Now, Louisiana State Police Public Affairs Commander Captain Nick Manali says that process was completed earlier this month. Testing has been completed with a court-appointed expert witnessing the scans, Manali said last week. The results of the scans were reviewed by the expert witness as the 
Louisiana State Police Crime Lab has fulfilled their obligation to the court order. The raw data from the that the Louisiana State Police testing has since been sent to Blank's defense team to be reviewed by a fingerprint expert. It is unclear when that review will be complete. In 1999, a jury unanimously convicted Blank of the 1997 murder of 71-year-old Lillian Philippe of Gonzales, Louisiana. Philippe had, was beaten and stabbed to death in the bedroom of her Ascension Parish home. The other victims included Victor Rossi, 41, Barbara Bourgeois, 58, Sam Curry, 76, Luella Curry, 69, and Joan Brock, 55. The killings happened in Gonzales, St. Amant, Laplace, and Paulina between 1996 and 1997, and thus dubbed the River Parish Serial Killer. Prosecutors claimed Blank robbed and killed the victims to fuel his gambling addiction. He was also accused in the attempted murders of Leonce and Joyce Millett. DNA evidence collected from three different crime scenes did not come from Blank. Previous testing has that that's what previous testing has shown. That included unidentified male DNA found on the baseball bat used to murder Victor Rossi. Unidentified male DNA found under the fingernails of Sam Arcuri. And an unidentified male and female DNA found on cigarette butts found at the Millet home. And this is what the court filing show. Blank, who was living in Sorrento at the time of the crimes, was sentenced to death in 1999. In 2016, the Louisiana Supreme Court halted his execution one month before it was scheduled to take place. He remains incarcerated. Y'all, he's locked up in bloody Angola, waiting on his date. Um, his girlfriend, the article continues, his girlfriend at the time was also arrested and accused of driving him to many of the crime scenes. However, she was never convicted. Now, y'all remember I told y'all they cut her a deal and said, hey, you tell us, we'll give you immunity. You tell us uh, what happened. Now, this article is kind of shaded one way, I think, because they they had, although they didn't have any of the physical evidence, they had... He worked for Victor Rossi. He he lived near or knew the other victims, and they were able to establish this. Um, they were able to track his gambling habit habits in the local casinos where he you know, had like sixty seventy thousand dollars. He he moved to Texas and bought an auto repair shop. That's what he did for a living. But they were able to prove in the years before that he had made like $10,000 for the whole year. And now he's got close to $100,000 in cash. And they questioned him about it. And they, ultimately, he would end up confessing. Um, the... I mean, he, they, would, they tied him in all circumstantial, but they tied him in to all the victims... Uh, one way or another, and he confessed to it, and he confessed to certain elements of the crime. Now, I can't explain the DNA uh, um, and the new evidence they're coming up with, and I, I can assure you they're going to adjudicate it, and they're going to they're going to process it, they're going to give him every chance. But at the end of the day, unless they find 
that DNA uh, it all comes back to one person and it's some kind of murder or someone who's been down. Um, just because there's unknown or male DNA at the other three of the other crime scenes, et cetera, it doesn't take away the fact that this dude confessed what five more or more killings and and tried to kill two more, you know, uh, and came into the money. And each one of these people he knew kept cash at their homes and stuff like that. So, you know, kudos to the defense for digging up and whatever investigator they used to dig up this evidence and, you know, give this guy a fair shot. I'm a staunch believer in the death penalty, uh, but I also don't want anybody to be wrongfully executed. But I suspect that they're going to come back and all these fingerprints and all this stuff, you know, it's basically a last-ditch effort. He was already scheduled for execution, and now we have a governor in office who's going to carry out the executions, which haven't been done since Gerald Bordelon in 2013, uh, they let them review it. And, and if they find that it was someone else, and it's someone else's DNA at all the scenes and all that, and they go get a confession from this guy, then yeah. But other than that, this is just another last-ditch effort uh, or an example of defense lawyers doing what they do. But yeah, get you know what? He's been down this long. Take another year. Do what you got to do. See what you can find out. If he's innocent, then turn him loose. But I, I know that they you are able to get false confessions. But you're not. It's not just his confession, y'all. It's the fact they tied him into every one of the victims, whether he he worked for him or or knew him through live close by, whatever it may be. And then he always asks and pays cash to open this up the shop and. You know, it was great work by the Central Parish Sheriff's Office and the other officers from the different parishes that went down there. And basically, yeah, they, they said interrogation went for 12 hours. Well, guess what? At least they recorded it. Back in my day, we didn't even have video recorders, right? Uh, and I think you've heard me say this before. No good homicide interrogation begins to at least after five hours. That means you're going over stuff with them for five hours before, if they're guilty, before they start to break at all. If you're lucky, they start to break at five. Now, either you start to break at five hours, then then you're going to try to explain. They're going. You're thinking, oh fuck, that you know. What has got me like this? I can't. I lied about this, and he knows I'm lying about this. So in five hours, you start to change your story. Well, one thing that never changes is the truth, right? Then, then I know more. If it was me doing interrogation, I, I started getting the break in one way. Well, guess what? I've got more in my back pocket. I'm going to get that juice, right? And so I'm, then I'm going to hit you with this. Oh, well, you lied about this, and then how about this? And then you give them the evidence that you know they're lying about that part, and then you wear them out on that part. And it goes on. But you know what? He was Mirandized. He could have he called for a lawyer at any point in time. He could stop the question and, and all that. I do not believe in 
there is any such thing as a coincidence. I do not believe that they got it wrong. Um, but I do hope that if they did get it wrong, because it, it, there are wrongful convictions, I understand that, and I pray every day that I never convicted anyone who wasn't guilty. But at the end of the day, when they run through this legal process, if you can't prove that it was another person by confession or DNA or whatever it may be, then Daniel Blankenship confessed to murdering these people and he murdered them brutally. And he stated unequivocally that he did it for the money to support his gambling habit. It's a fact, y'all. The cops didn't make that up. They didn't feed that to him. I mean, there's a 12-hour videotape of everything that they did. And he ultimately broke down like a little bitch. Uh, if it's me, I don't give a fuck how long it takes. If you got me in there and I didn't kill all these people, you can interrogate me for 12 years, much less 12 hours, and I'm not admitting this shit. So, anyway, I just want to give the, uh, those quick updates. I'm also ending the season of Real Life, Real Crime. So, the next episode you get will be um, a new season and more old cop stories. We have a lot of stuff going on, y'all. TV stuff coming. Uh, uh, I mean, literally. The inks on the paper and everything's happened like that, uh, but the you know a lot of a lot of changes, a lot of good things, a lot of positive things, y'all. If you would continue to like and share and all that, hey, uh, Patreon and convicts and Apple subscribers, you got another bonus episode on February first, and then the last week of January. The, uh, you got another bonus episode, so y'all go check them out. It's kind of different stuff that uh, you know, I'm thinking about and talking about. Um, interesting stories for sure, and I hope you're enjoying your bonus episodes. And the if you can't be a patron or a convict or Apple subscriber, I get it. and I love you just as much, and I do love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. And, you know, every one of y'all that stopped me in the street, and, yeah, you know, I always – take my time we talk to you and we take pictures together and stuff like that hey that means the world to me wouldn't have the show if it wasn't for y'all and you know you're just awesome lifers are the best fans in the world y'all don't forget about the real life real crime community app i go there first every day before i go anywhere else uh, um to answer questions etc and so if you have any information on a cold case send it to me at woody the email woody at real life real crime dot com. Send everything that you have so I can read it. If you don't send, you know, but a one liner, hey, my cousin got killed, such such, then I'm not going to take the time to look up that case. Okay. So send me everything you have and who knows what's coming. Uh, mm, I wish I could tell you more, but I can't. But they also on this Barbara Blunt's case, y'all call the tip line. It, it, no tip is too small. Keep the pressure up on the people who murdered Miss Barbara Blunt. We want them to be brought to justice. All right, and uh, as always, I want to thank y'all for listening, liking, and sharing. Best fans in the world. Um, end of the season, and. We're back with a vengeance in 2024, okay? 
in, let's do LOPA, Louisiana, Oregon Procurement Agency. Y'all, they're a nonprofit. They're saving lives every day. They help facilitate the process, and they take care of these families, and they take care of the recipients' families, and way long after um, the organ transplants have been done, right? And it's it's a beautiful organization, and they save lives, and they do studies, and all this stuff. And but they're nonprofit, and that's why we we raise money for them every year. And I'd like to bring. I always close every episode with, if you're not an organ donor and you want to become one, you don't have to be from the state of Louisiana. You could be a lifer from Missouri. Go to lopa.org and take two minutes, fill out the questionnaire, become a hero, and save a life. And I'm Woody Overton, you host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Peace. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will point one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running over, that's for sure. You already knows all about you. Cause you mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.